This episode of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness. The best in fitness, wellness, public speaking, health coaching, and more. Find out promo codes and information at contifitness.net. This episode is also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching from High Five Health and Fitness. High Five Health and Fitness.com. And finally, do you want the most optimal health? and improved performance in your life, check out Vox Life. They are a company that reduces pain, increases strength, endurance, increases stability, balance, and enhances reins of motion, provides for faster reaction times. Check out all the promo codes for insoles, socks, you name it, at twofitcrazies.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. I'm excited. Me too. We got a really cool guest that you are going to hear about today. And uh, right coming off after uh, episode, what, 71? 71 was the, yeah, this is episode 72. Well, 71 was uh, the real Drake. Yeah. I mean, the real Drake. That was really fun. Yeah. Drake is awesome. Oh, man. Hailing from Chicago, Illinois. Um, Drake is just really cool. Drake and, Susserall. Uh, yeah. Drake Susserall. He, um, he's obviously, if you listened, he's a personal trainer who is out to help other aspiring personal trainers and people in the fitness industry really kind of make their mark and, you know, navigate this crazy world of uh, fitness and inspiration and helping people. And um, it's nice that he was, you know, he took his time, talked to us and talked about, you know, things to do or not do when you're starting out in fitness or I would even say any business. Yeah. No, it really is. It's 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 just about anything that you're getting into. You know, there was some really good, uh, helpful information. And you know, I just thought it was really unique. I mean, here's a guy who's you know, obviously when we get into business and we do things for ourselves, you know, the the you know the the mindset or you know whatever it is is capture as much as you can right for right. yourself mm-hmm. like you really have to get moving and 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 here's a guy who you know is is doing well for himself and he, and he's got his own business and and now he says you know I can help other people do the same thing here's how I did it and I just thought it was very cool of him and and honorable yeah you know and he's still and he was he was super humble too because he's like hey you know what I'm still growing and when I was like so what's the next big thing and he's like you know, I gotta. I'm still working on making my web type, my website like as tight as possible, and that's. I like hearing that because sometimes, you know, we get all up in our head like, oh, I do this and I do that, and here's my accolades, and it's interesting. That's something that I've been working on for the last couple of years. When people are like, you know, who are you or what do you do or you don't have to rattle off every single thing that you have your hand in or all your degrees. It's you know, here's who I am, and and I'm a work in progress, and you know, I'm I'm. Right. Trying to trying to make it just like everybody else. Maybe I'm just at a different point in my life. Like with our podcast. It's, hey, you know what? We're, we've got a lot figured out, but we've got a lot not figured out too. Exactly. And, Which I like. I like that. Too. You know? I mean, I, I, it keeps us grounded. It's, there's something to be said to being regimented and, and in a sense stuck in your ways. But, you know, you're stuck in your ways. You're really just stuck in your ways. I'm open to everything, right? We gotta, hey, we've got to, especially because keep... you're hanging out with me, and I'm like, "Hey, Brian, what do you think about this?" <laughs> uh huh. 
I yeah. mean, poor Brian threw his name into this gigantic race lottery. So did you. Because I'm like, hey, Brian, uh, you want to throw your name into this lottery race? Maybe we'll get in. Leadville 100? Did you just say that out loud? <laughs> Brian, how's your life insurance policy? Oh, I don't know. I, I wish my wife the best. <laughs> I have a really good one. Yeah. I told my husband, I was like, I just want to let you know that I did something today. <laughs> and I threw myself into a lottery of a race. He's like, which one? I'm like, not going to tell you. He's like, is it? It's a, it's a long one, right? It's pretty long. Is it in the stake? You drive to it? No, you cannot. I said, you, you, you might have to fly to this. Mm-hmm. Like, you, no, you have I to said, fly. We'll figure it out. No, you have to fly and then you have to take a helicopter to the starting line. No, you don't. It's not, it's not a hella race. It's not like hella skiing. Um, we'll talk about that more later, more later, because we have to get into today's guest, which is really freaking awesome. The Pete McCall, who the, the because he's everywhere. And if you haven't heard of Pete McCall, now you will. Yeah. Google him. Seriously. Um, or, or, I have listen, to, or listen to the, or episode. listen to the episode <laughs> and then you could figure it out. But I just want to get all this information, right? So, um, Pete McCall is also a podcast host and he's got his own podcast all about fitness all about fitness and this is our first podcast switch so we are actually going to be um putting this episode out and so is pete mccall on his podcast as well so we highly urge you to get on to all about fitness and listen to him he is just a renowned exercise scientist and trainer and speaker and writer writer and author and blogger and on and on and on, highly respected in the fitness industry. I present with him at some conferences around the country. He's constantly traveling around the world. Like, I, you know, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram and things like that. He's everywhere. It's really... It's and pretty, he's such a cool guy, yeah, too. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Totally down to earth. Um, you know, when you talk to him, you really... You feel like they're usable, practical, you know, little life, you know, fitness, you know, hacks that you can do and things you implement into your life. Um, to make you live a more quality life. And that's really what the top and best fitness, you know, motivators in this world, whether it's fitness or it's something else, it's about bringing you quality, bringing you a better day when you get up. Like I was using Brian's, you know, you want to get up in the morning and be like, yeah, make today. Yeah. Not meh. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love. <laughs> so That one's on me, Conti. You yeah. got that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was a cool, it's a cool interview because and we, when you listen to this, you'll kind of hear like, we're on the receiving end of some of the questions. Pete's a host too. Yeah. So, so Pete know, was like, wait, questions? Like, yeah, sh- like he and had it was a question. Great. He had great. questions for us. We had questions for him. It was just like a, a nice round table of, uh, of thoughts and ideas. And he asked, you know, he picks our brains about things as we do for him. And, and it was just, it was, it was just a really a good time that we had with him. And we're grateful for him to come, uh, for coming on. And, uh, you know, we would think that you'll really like this one, episode 72, right? Mm-hmm. Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone. Peace.
is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Ready to rumble. Always fantastic. Big guest today. Very exciting. One and only. The Pete McCall. You got the Pete McCall. You got the the in front of your name. It's a big deal. <laughs> I'm not used to. I'm not used to that. Good right? morning. <laughs> Come on, Pete. I, I You're a big deal. Peter. If I hear Peter, I know I'm in trouble. But I never. I'm not used to D. <laughs> it's like you know, you Google your name, and you know, you're like, oh, I'm not even the Brian Prendergast. Like, there's other Brian. There's like a cardiologist at the University of Chicago that's doing this like groundbreaking like you know stuff, and he's Brian Prendergast. And then there's an Irish hurler. Who's very famous? <laughs> yeah, very famous hey, chap. At least it's a cool sport. You know, I have a, there's a some politician somewhere in the Midwest whose name is uh, has the same name as me. There's a union organizer, uh, somebody who is a political organizer for a union with the same name. And there are one or two other uh, Pete McCalls that are doing interesting things out there besides me. So, um, yeah, I, I just I try not to do too much on on that because it's just. And the funny thing is, it, first guys, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it, Christine and Brian. I really appreciate the work you're doing i appreciate the opportunity to to come on and share some ideas but the funny thing is as someone who does a lot of writing who writes a lot of articles writes a lot of blogs and and, and do, does what you do in terms of producing podcasts you're never quite sure if people actually read what you write or listen to what you say <laughs> and then you run into people like, oh i like that i like that but it, you feel cool because i write this stuff you have to understand i create content either at home or in a starbucks or in a library so you're not i don't know how it's being consumed and that's always kind of the tough thing is how are people engaging with what you're doing? Always interesting. I mean, I I, I do try to look at like analytics and you know how how many people listen to this show and you know, and all those things and and it's you know it's cool because we're we're growing um, you know almost weekly and um, but the same thing you know you put it out there and it's not just a, a likes and uh, you know kudos type of situation where you you know. The, your articles, especially, I mean, they carry because they're they're being put out by by some pretty uh, you know some some well known um, companies or industries or foundations or um, you know the, the the fitness industry, and uh, you know so you I mean your stuff's probably shared and shared and shared and shared. I'm really but, like, is anyone listening to this stuff? That's great. <laughs> well, that's a tough thing. Uh, the scariest thing for me, then we'll move on from this. But the scariest one day is I went on. I was doing something on Pinterest, and I was like. Oh, let me see. I, I, I searched for myself on Pinterest and so many people had posted like blogs and uh, blogs I've written for the American Council on Exercise or workouts I've done. It was a little bit eerie. I, I quickly closed Pinterest. I was like, OK, I don't need to see that. <laughs> it's weird to see like when you see stuff that you've done, like so it's kind of like it's, it's weird. It's just it's it, I don't know. It, it's on one hand, it's flattering. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, wow. You know, you see how people are, are consuming it and see how people are doing that now. And the interesting thing is. When you have a conversation with other people who interview for a living, it's always fun to see how the conversation rolls because I know you know we're, we're going to be using it. For listeners, you know, I host the All About Fitness podcast, and, and these guys have a rocking podcast. So what we're going to do is a swap cast. Have you guys done a swap cast yet? We have not. And do you We've guys, been waiting uh, for do you. Wanna, do you want to explain what that is? So what we are going to do is for our listeners, this is going to come out – on twofitcrazies.com. It's going to go out on Two Fit Crazies in a microphone podcast. So we'll release it. And this is going to be episode 71 for us. And now. 72. Pete, oh, 72. Come on. Girl. I'm sorry. I'm, look at me. Keep up. It's. <laughs> Oh, I'm so I'm just. Woo. We did what we is did it, one. Yes, episode seventy two because that's the year I was born. I'm a nineteen seventy two baby. Seventy two. We knew you were coming. Oh, 
Got it. And then um, what Pete is going to do is release this on All About Fitness. Right, Pete? Correct. Yeah, correct. It releases one of the episodes. So we will actually do a swap cast. So for our listeners, Pete, for your listeners, I hope everyone enjoys this information, enjoys the conversation because um, we didn't say that Pete is a is pretty much a, a rock star, is is pretty amazing in the fitness industry and has worked with all of the top companies, um, has years of experience um, in exercise science and just honestly, Pete, corrective exercise and presenting around the world. And for you, you know, your podcast, all about fitness, you started when, 2017, I believe? Uh, yeah, well, kind of 2016 was a soft start and then trying to figure out like what Brian was saying earlier. And um, 27, 2016 was kind of started it and the 2017 was when I really rolled up my sleeves and got, got cranking into it. So, yeah. Now, if you, for all of our listeners who haven't been who are going to like and subscribe to All About Fitness as well, what you are going to see in his entire, you know, kind of breakdown of what the show's about and his, you know, idea, Pete, very, I guess what, what drew me to you with this podcast was that your whole idea, this whole, you know, reason, this why of why you started podcasting is very similar. We share a lot of the same ideas of, of the why. You know, we want to bring information to the public we want to bring it on a on a large scale and get you ideas we always talk about bringing you unbiased ideas bringing you you know ideas in fitness and nutrition and mindfulness and you know products that you may or may not love you may or may not use but you know what our podcast may or may not save your life because you get an idea (laughs) that you never had before and I love the fact that you know it actually says it on your on your write-up that it's easy to understand we're not going to sit here and you know dissect molecules which that's fun too sometimes but (laughs) but really bring bring people to you know bring the experts or so-called experts that have been around a long time to the public. Um, and I just want to say I really appreciate the fact that you have been doing this as well because I think the world needs more positive and it needs more accurate information um, than, you know, I guess just people kind of spitting off and repeating things that, you know, maybe in a box where all of us don't belong in a box. How do you feel about uh, and that? And I, I like the way you said that because a lot of the things what, – what I heard when I was listening – I've only been listening to podcasts for a few years, maybe four or five years. And when I listen to fitness podcasts, it's either one or two things. It's either extremely, extremely serious, like you have to do this, you have to do that, you, you know, do it this way, you must do this, you have to do this. Or it's just a couple guys you know, hanging out and being bros and, and being – as far as – it's hard for me to listen to because it's really inappropriate – they're talking about stuff I haven't talked about since I was 21 years old. You know, granted, I, I've, I've had my immature streak as well. But when it comes to exercise and fitness, I don't want to sit there and hang out and talk about, you know, certain avenues. I want to help people understand why or how exercise makes changes to the body. And my whole point of view, what I try to, to promote, um, Christine and Brian, is that exercise can enhance our quality of life. And I think we have this mistake in the fitness community. We market fitness via appearance and yes we can use exercise to change our appearance but let's look at the big picture just in the last month there's a a recent story that came out that said lack of exercise lack of exercise is worse for you than smoking cigarettes so you can smoke cigarettes and work out or you can not work out 
and not working out is unhealthier than working out and smoking cigarettes. And and so you have this of understanding of the long-term health. And then just yes, the other day, I, I did a um, Facebook Live talking about this Ball State study that was just released. And the Ball State study, which is fascinating, looked at a group of 70-year-olds who've been exercising for 50 years. So going back to the 70s, 60s, and 70s, this is that cohort of people who were the first, you know, the the, the Bally's, the Holiday Spa, the let's pull up the tube and go robicize with, with Jane Fonda. <laughs> they tracked that generation. They looked at that generation who'd been exercising for 50 years. They compared it to another group of 70-year-olds, and then they compared it to a group of 20-something-year-olds. The 70-year-olds who've been exercising for 50 years, their muscle physiology was similar to that of the 20-year-olds, meaning that 50 years of exercise kept their muscle tissue kept their fibers, kept the physiology young. It kind of was like a snapshot in time of when they started to exercise. And as we do more studies like that and we see the long-term benefits of exercise, it really becomes much less about what you look like in a mirror and much more about how exercise enhances your overall quality of life. And to, to add on to that, you didn't even talk, you just talked about their body. You didn't even say anything about their mind, about how it could, you know, really prolong the onset of you know any sort of dementia or alzheimer's and things like that how it you know can actually change the makeup of your of your brain which is you know another huge thing that you know i think is really the studies are starting to come out now um which is just fascinating on a whole nother level well i spoke with somebody yesterday a friend of mine named ryan glatt who i can't remember the name it's like the pacific brain center or something the funny thing is that that's exactly what he does, Christine. He's a personal trainer for the brain. So he's evolved. I mean, so now, you know, we use we use fitness to, to manage weight, right? We use fitness to manage health, like diabetes and heart disease and, and other things. And now we're learning that we can use exercise and fitness to control our cognitive function. So exercise can actually make you smarter. For people that are over the age of 50 or 60, exercise can slow down cognitive delay so not only you're making your muscles strong but you just said it christine you made you're making your brain much much stronger now as we go into this one thing i want to add we we spoke briefly a little while ago your background is fascinating christine i i love love hearing that i love hearing how people go from what you worked in to now what you're doing kind of how what kicks and i'm sure maybe some of your listeners have heard it but i think it's a pretty fascinating story like how did you end up putting on fitness clothes and, and trying to make people sweaty Oh my god! So I'll I'll start. And then Brian is also we call it recovering, Pete. Um, both of us are recovering, you know, you know, from a different. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a recovering mortgage banker. Yep. So I am a recovering investment banker, and also a recovering teacher. Um, I taught high school after that for you know 15 years and coached and always had fitness on the side. I was actually. Um, you know, American um, collegiate volleyball player. When I was younger, I got to travel the world um, as a as a volleyball player. And again, my both my older sisters went to school on scholarship and played volleyball, so it was in our family. And I, again, sports were always something. You know, again, my mother would say, you know, if you don't get good grades, you're doing nothing. So school was number one. Sports and activities were number two. You're always involved, and that became a part of our life. So I've worked with trainers since I've been about ten years old. Um, when I got out you know, in college, someone had teased me and said, oh, you're so energetic. You should be an aerobics instructor into fitness. And I'm like, I would never do that. Like, you know, kind of bad <laughs> rap, you know. And uh, as an athlete, that was just not what you did. And I had extra courses. I took, you know, a year of yoga, which is a whole nother story of 
Um, but that actually has changed my life and also, um, got certified, you know, ACE, AFA, all this, you know, all these different programs and, and I loved it and I made extra money in graduate school and continued as a part-time, pretty much a part-time career, always training people up and down the East coast where I've lived. And that now, um, I guess just falling in love with fitness and I got literally every single certification hand over fist because I wanted to know more. I love to learn. And with that said, I love to help people, but that growing up and for many people out there, we've talked to a lot of people that fitness was always considered part-time. Like you said, Pete, about your mom earlier that, you know, what? It, all right. So this is your part-time thing, but your full-time job. Okay. And it really takes a lot, um, you know, majoring in English and business was where I came from. Really, if you want to go into fitness, it's, I loved it so much that I actually started working with a fitness company and was lucky enough to be able to present, you know, internationally with them for a few years and learn the ins and outs and meet the right people and network and realize that I had a bunch of programs, a bunch of things sitting on the back burner for about 15 years that I never had the chance to do because fitness was always supposed to be part-time and not full-time. And it wasn't until I kind of realized that now or never, um, our listeners know that, you know, I got sick and I lost my dad, like all these things happened where I could have just laid down and been like, F it. Like, I, what am I going to do? I wah, wah, you know? And, and instead I'm like, forget it. Like they're, this world is dealing with Christine Conti and they don't know what they're messing with. So out there comes, you know, I'm going to use this as a gift and inspire people and bam, this is it. Took the jump, quit my job and went out, LLC'd my own company, trademarked my own programs. And now I'm presenting nationally and starting as a professional speaker as well. Podcast comes out, bam, um, <laughs> let's do it. You know, Hey Brian, I want to podcast. I think we should do this platform. I want to change lives and, Bam, Brian. Like anything, I said, anything you got going on, Christine, I'm in. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm in. And how'd you get from mortgage banking into this? And what are you doing, Brian? On the, do you train? Do you teach? You, yeah, I train. You... I coach yeah. a lot of runners. Um, hey, I... Brian is like an unbelievably fast runner, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. He just so... ran Philly in 248. Whoa. Yeah, 248.42. That's that's fine. Not dude. bad, that's, right? Thank you, Pete. <laughs> no, anybody no, anybody runs a sub three. I mean, especially once you get sub two fifty, that's that's pretty legit. I mean, so, that's wow. So really to, to answer your question, I mean I got into fitness from the complete opposite. Well, the one thing that we didn't mention, I mean, Pete, you mentioned the body, Christine, you mentioned the and the brain and the, the cognitive issue. I, I got into it to it from emotion, like the emotional aspect of it and the way that that improves my day to day. Um, you know, I was the same thing. I was, you know, that the high school athlete that went and did the college and thing, you know, and, and, and then went into the corporate, you know, corporate America and was sitting in a cubicle and was, um, you know, pl using that playbook that most everybody uses, which is, all right, you know, you, your playing days are over. Now you're in the, 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 you know, you have your job where you support your family and then you have kids and you live vicariously through their athletic career. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I was, unhappy with that and started making changes in my own life while still in corporate America, mortgage banking and several other sales, um, you know, industries that, that I was in over the years. And I, you know, slowly but surely got back into running. It's a passion of mine. It's something that really makes me tick. So I was, you know, doing that. And along the way, people were coming up to me, you know, in the office or around town or, or you know, my friends and family seeing the improvements that I was making, 
back into my life. You know, I was kind of getting back to the person I was always, you know, wanted to be. I was playing again as like I did as a kid. And, um, you know, it was it was intriguing to people. So they were asking me. And then eventually from there, I was, you know, was, I was helping people. So I became certified and, you know, and I'm, I'm everything. I'm group fitness. Uh, I do train. I do teach classes. I do uh, personal training one on ones. And uh, and also lots of running coaches uh, coaching. I do uh, strength train um, runners specifically. Um, I have a pretty good program for that that uh, that helps like a lot of high schoolers and and, um, you know, people one on one groups of people looking to improve their running performance by added adding strength training to it. So that's uh, and, and, and all of it really, like I said, comes from the emotional side of it, which is love, like get back to doing what you love and and, you know, make people happy with it. So. And nutrition, Brian, you're my go-to plant-based, <laughs> evidence-based, right? More or less. So that was another thing that, that, you know, that came with it along the way. I really, really latched on to, you know, how diet and, and nutrition affects performance and how, uh, you know, we can, you know, just do certain things and really without trying to reinvent the entire nutrition universe or food plate, as it were, um, you know, and really just making small changes, making big, you know, big progress from small changes along the way. And it's all stuff that, you know, like like you said, you know, try and present it in a way that people understand. It's not doesn't have to be crazy. It's like, what's the next right thing we can do? And if we can do the next right thing, then the next right thing's going to happen. And then, you know, we can just kind of build on that. And I always say our goal is progress. If we can make some progress, we can hang our hat on that. And, uh, you know, and, and people start feeling good after a while. Well, no, the interesting thing is I love – I can't tell you, Brian, how many times I hear your story. Like when I teach workshops and I'm doing – you know, speaking at events, people come up and, you know, they might show me a picture. This is what I used to look like, you know, two, three years ago where, you know, they're they're active. And nobody – I look at it. Nobody ever wants to wake up one day and go, oh, my God, I'm really unhealthy. I can barely walk around the block and I'm 80 pounds overweight. Nobody plans on that. Nobody writes down at 19 years old, by the time I'm 29, I'm going to weigh another 150 pounds and barely be able to tie my shoes. But life happens. It's, a, it's an accumulation of choices. And I love hearing stories like yours because it shows that all you got to do is just something has to switch. You know, you can't sit there and say you have to do this, you have to do this. One day you need to wake up. You know, for the listeners, one day you need to wake up and say, today I'm going to do something different. You know, maybe that's I'm going to walk around the block today. And ne- next day, maybe I'm going to walk around two blocks. Next day, maybe three blocks. But it's when people make that switch, it's so flipping empowering and it motivates me to keep doing what i'm doing and it gets i'm sure it gets everybody you know kind of that does what we do charged up and where i'm going with this is i talk about this sometimes with other instructors but how awesome is it describe what it feels like because now that we're we've done fitness i joke with people about this i could never go back to a desk job never (laughs) Never. i could never because once people pay you to tell them what to do you know once you're an instructor once you're a trainer people give me money and now i tell them what to do for an hour it ruins you for any other work. Has that been your help? And how awesome is it that when you give somebody a great workout, that feeling of knowing that you've made it, made a change in that day, knowing you've made their day a little bit better. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I've even had people write me like you saved my life, <laughs> like, you know, with, with small things. I mean, I can't, you can't beat that at all. And, and it's, you know, I, I think that, as much as it isn't, isn't me telling them what to do, it's like just kind of showing them what's available and having them find what to do. And, you know, if I, if I tried to make everybody a runner, well, that would suck for 90% of the people, right? They wouldn't latch yeah. on. They wouldn't get it. 
Um, and I, I just kind of think it's like, here's like some, here's a big look at your options here. You know, some are good, some are bad. I have two rules in my household, right? My house, I have three boys. They're nine, six, and five. And it's, and, and, and yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a mad. Sorry, I heard nine, six. Dude, that sounds busy, man. No, I'm, like, I'm going to go back and take a nap just from hearing it's, that. It's busy and I run a lot. Um, so, and my two rules in the house are be a good listener and make good choices, Right. I said, it covers everything. You know, if you can be a good listener and you can make good choices as a client, that's, you know, a client, that's like everything I'm looking for in a client, like a client that will listen and, you know, and understand and then make good choices. And if I can guide them in a way that they can, that they can understand, you know, what I'm trying to teach them, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing, you know, we're we're not all going to get it back. No one's going to get it back in one day or one week or one year even, but it's just a way to kind of make progress with it. I'm going to talk to the our listeners that are in the fitness industry right now as to answer this. And then Pete, I want to hear what what you think about this as well. For for many people out there that are that are wondering about, you know, can I go into fitness full time or how do I, you know, how to what do I do? Um I always tell people to kind of ask themselves and they say, you know, Christine, you did it. Was it, you know, you make it look so easy. And I'm like, no, every day I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, was this the right choice? Should I do, should I go back? Was that the more responsible thing? And you, you have to really ask yourself, what is it that, that makes you happy? And you have to have that selfishness sometimes because when you're happy and you're following what you feel you're meant to follow, the rest of the people in your world are going to benefit from that. You're not going to be holding around. What if, what if I did this and this? And I know I was in the classroom teaching. And at first I thought that that was what I wanted to do. And I know for me anyway, that I will always be a teacher. I am a teacher period. The end. I was teaching people about money and banking. And then I was teaching, you know, Shakespeare and this and that. And then when I was coaching, I was teaching, you know, volleyball and whatever else and training. But I realized that I was teaching for the last few years and after presenting at these big conferences and really getting my hands wet and meeting these, you know, the movers and the shakers in the fitness industry and having them really become peers as opposed to, you know, these, these people that you just kind of glorify and look up to realizing that this could be something you could make a much bigger impact on this world. And it, realizing that it's not about me. It's about, it's not about me, 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 about what I could, it's more about the changes that you could make for other people. And as I would close the door every day and, you know, either lecture to my students or do whatnot, I I get it. I, I love students as well, but being able to get the message out there to a bigger audience, I guess is what really makes me happy, makes me excited, really ignites my, you know, shine. And not every day is rainbows and butterflies. I say that all the time. It's a lot of hard work. But knowing that that hard work may save someone's life is what is what it's really all about. And if you could find that in what you're doing, then you're doing the right thing. So how, how did you feel about that? Because Pete, you left. You left your, you know, your career as well. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, and I think we all we all do that. I mean, everybody want everybody, no matter what job you do. I, I think you kind of hit it right there at the end, Christine. Everybody wants to finish the day feeling like they did something. They did something productive. If you're taking care of two or three kids at home, you want to finish the day like, okay, I kept three kids alive, and maybe I made the house a little bit cleaner, or maybe I made a banging dinner. You know, if you're you know doing mortgage banking, you want to feel like 
either I set up some good business or I close some good business today. And the cool thing about fitness is that you get that immediate response of at the end of teaching a class, you have a room full of 8, 10, 40 people that are stoked because they just had a great workout, they did something better for themselves, and you're the catalyst for that. And that is, you know, one thing that that I think it's over glamorized or over mystified in fitness is that you have to kick your your own butt every day. Is that every workout has to be really really hard, and that's the furthest from the truth. Yeah, you know, I think it's sometimes I'm, I I love doing those classes where people think they're going to get a really hard workout, but they it's not a really hard workout, but it's a smart workout. So they walk out of there going, oh my god, I feel great. They don't feel crushed. They don't feel like oh I'm going to be thrashed tomorrow and be sore. But they walk out going, wow, I moved for an hour, I did some cool stuff, and I feel amazing. And that's one of the best things about what we do, whether you're coaching a runner or whether you're leading the class or leading the team, is you see that immediate change in people. You see how people's attitudes change. You know, They might come in after work being grumpy as heck from a day at the office, and then after working out, they walk out you know, feeling great and looking forward to the rest of the evening or whatever they're going to do, you know, whatever they can do the rest of the day. And that really is, I mean, what we what we are, I mean, in fitness is we're kind of life changers, you know, whether it's day by day or long term, and you and you look at that. But that I think is what people don't realize. You know, when we look behind the curtain, what we're all trying to do is is everybody who works in fitness is we're trying to make, you know, for people that come to the gym, we're trying to make your day just a little bit better. We're trying to make your life a little bit better. And I like how you keep coming back to that, Christine, because that's absolutely what it boils down to. Because guess what? In ten years. You know, having the six-pack abs will not be as important. You know, in 10 years, you know, be, having that chiseled rock body, it just ain't that important. But what is important is that you can get up out of bed and nothing hurts. Or you can go out and run those errands or do, you know, you have to do that yard work around the house. And you're not thrashed the next day because your back is killing you. That is what fitness can deliver, you know, for the long run. Absolutely. And, and just in the sense of longevity, you know, it's it's how are you going to live those last you know, 30 years, uh, you know, not not really, no one cares about, like you said, no one cares about the six-pack at that point. You know, I just want to be healthy and feel good and, you know, get a good night's sleep. Um, yeah, I love that. That's, uh, you know, the long-term, the big picture. Well, let me ask that. you this question. How many times have you been, like, what's funny, I'm just thinking about this. We're getting this image as you say that. Like, if you go down to South Beach in Miami, you see all the hot, pretty young things, you know, walking around barely naked, you know. Dudes pulling up their shirt, showing off their abs. Women walk around and barely nothing, showing off their buns. Go a little bit further north to Boca or Fort Lauderdale. You don't see the same thing. <laughs> you don't see people in their 70s ripping up you know, the, the wife beater tank tops and going, check out these abs. And you don't see you know, women in their 70s walking around with those tight, tight thongs. You know, if they're at anything, if they're up and moving when they're in their 70s, they're just going out and having fun, and they want to be in shape to be active and be healthy. You can just see that. I just, I just got that image, Brian, as you're saying that for some reason, Miami and, and Fort Lauderdale <laughs> popped into my mind. They're, just they're two complete stretch up the road. 20 miles apart. And I also <laughs> thank you, Pete, for that image of 70 year olds in their thongs. <laughs> there are some. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I think that the, one of the things and I'm going to go back to this when we, um, we had Fabio Comana on, um, like a year ago. And one of the things he had said to piggyback what you were saying is that many people go to conferences. And again, he speaks at conferences. You do. I, it's, so we really try and focus on safety, longevity, movement, you know, correct movement in exercise form so that people do not get hurt. So they can exercise forever. So the quality of life. One of the things, and I'm going to ask you how you feel, Fabio said that 
there was people he was talking to at conferences and he'd say, you know, what was your best session? What did you go to? And they would say, oh, the session was great. Like I really got my butt kicked and I was crawling out. And he was like, really? That's those were that. Like, like if that's all you got out of it, then you missed the point. You, you know, like that wasn't that's not the point of going to lectures or trying to, you know, learn more continuing education. Where is the. I felt good after this, or I didn't feel like my knee was going to break off. Or, you know, when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, my knees are really bothering me and this and that. And I tried these new workouts and I said, all right, how many squats did you do? And how much weight are you trying to squat? You're 55 years old. Like I literally bring people back to earth and I'm like, you're 55. When are you going to be squatting 110 pounds? What are are you in construction? (laughs) Are you moving lumber? Like, and, and they're like, you know, you're right. I'm like, well, why aren't you using more body weight? Why aren't we doing more functional fitness? What's your form look like? And, you know, really getting back into the mental aspect of fitness, like you just said, taking a class, not getting killed and say, hey, I I feel good after that. I feel like I got to work out. I got a little sweat, got my heart rate up, but I can still move. I can come back and do something tomorrow. What's, What's your take on that? Well, and I think I agree 100 percent because I think when we look at it, and that is the one thing, because one one thing, one question I like to ask people that come on on the podcast is, what do you think common mistakes are? What do you think some common mistakes people are making in, in fitness? And I think one of the common mistakes is people do think that you really a workout has to be all or nothing, that you really have to beat yourself up. I and mean, we have this thing, you know, we made a couple comments earlier about the 80s. And you have this thing that's left over from the first generation of fitness in the late 70s and early 80s of no pain, no gain, mm-hmm. of go for the burn, of you know you need to feel something. And the more we understand about the human body, the more we learn that that's not necessary. That if you are, you know, if you're training for a specific activity or a specific event or a sport, yes, you need to push yourself for the energy demands, for the bioenergetic demands of that activity. But for just general fitness, you only need to really work hard two, maybe three days a week. And the other days, you need to to work just somewhat moderately because what people fail to to remember is that exercise is stress imposed upon the body. So exercise is stress imposed upon the body. Brian, when you're trying to run a marathon, you're trying to run a sub-three-hour marathon. That's a lot of stress primarily on your leg muscles, primarily on your heart and your lungs to pull the oxygen in and move it around the body. So you have to look at you know, the more stress you do, the more gradual you are at applying that stress, the better your body becomes at handling that. You know, if you're doing strength training, you're trying to overload the muscles to generate a force, and that's where they adapt. But if you do too much work, you never give the body a chance to heal. So one of the important things for people to realize is that you can have a really hard workout on a Monday, but then your Tuesday workout shouldn't be not, not shouldn't be nearly as hard. It should just be maybe moderate. If Monday were a nine or a ten then Tuesday should be a six or a seven. It doesn't mean you don't work out and doesn't, but you shouldn't do a really hard workout two days in a row just because it's an overwhelming amount of stress on your body. And one of the things that I think we see in the fitness business is we have to, we have like an inverse U curve. We're on one side. We have a really, really unhealthy cohort of the population of people who aren't doing any activity at all. Then on the other side, you had these people that are really killing themselves <laughs> quite literally killing themselves with exercise but we have a very – if you look at the inverted U-curve, there's a very small part in the middle that's doing just – that's being healthy and being active. And so it really is just a matter of finding your favorite activities. Yes, being a member of a gym can provide that, 
But the most important thing is do what you love to do that gets you moving. If that's running, if that's chasing after your kids, if that's chopping wood, just consistent movement. And it's gonna, I'm going to come back to that study of not exercising is worse than smoking cigarettes. I mean, that really is such an overwhelming thing. So we don't need to do a ton of exercise. We just need to be consistent with it. It, it, you know, it's so funny that every time you just brought up that the article for the second time, and it's kind of like, do we need an article to tell us that? Like, is that like groundbreaking news that 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 not exercising? I mean, I guess the the worse than cigarettes part is the is the hook to it, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's really you you actually have to do it. You're not going to get out of this very well if you don't move a little bit and do some exercise. Uh, you know, I just think it's funny that, that it brings comes to mind when you say that. Um, one thing that I do like, you know, that I've obviously training for marathon, and even you said sports specific, um, you know, and training for for long runs and training other athletes is the recovery aspect of it. If we're just gonna run workouts, hard workouts, and you know, and and I'm running six days a week, and and they're all hard. Well, that's not gonna last very long. It's not gonna last long at all, and I'm sure as hell not gonna run a fast time. So, you know, we have to look at recovery. And one of the hardest things that I have to do, I mean, I get a lot of alphas, uh, you know, in the, in the pack and, and they, you know, is getting them to go easy on their easy days is, you know, is nine, like nine tenths of the battle for me. Um, because it's like, you know, you, you can't have everything hard. You have to, you have to rest. You have to sleep. I'm looking at you, Christine. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she's I always she, get in trouble. She, for, I'm trying me. so hard. Like for Christine, to said, chill out. You know, because like you said, uh, you know, we're looking at back to back days. I need days after my. I need a couple days after a hard workout of running, or maybe easy running or nothing at all, uh, or cross training, whatever, just to get back the you know re rebuild my body from that workout i mean there's there's it's just not going to work any other way uh even take you know older runners and, and people that are that are you know going for goals that are not as young as they used to be or, or, or looking to get back and instead of looking at it as like a seven day block we look at it as like a 10 day block and you know maybe we'll get two workouts out of 10 days instead of two workouts out of seven days so that way adequate recovery is is built in as you go so many people just you know they might take it go to a, go to a gym and just take the classes and they say all right i go i go to my class on uh you know monday tuesday thursday and friday because those are the days that i like and they're going in there and they're getting and they're they're hammering for those days and you know in a sense really what you're doing is just throwing some shit against the wall and hoping that it sticks and and really you know you don't have those days of step back or come you know when i see people at the gym so much i'm like you know i kind of don't want to see you tomorrow like go home and and relax and recover and then come back and you'll get further along that way right no totally and i think that's what people are realizing is they're starting to realize that you've kind of have this evolution right we did everything high intensity for a few years and now we're kind of understanding it's becoming much more mass what's it you know a few years ago, what, 2011, I went to the National Strength and Conditioning Association annual conference. And the, the, the NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association for listeners, is the association that certifies strength coaches. So it's all the college, high school, and professional level strength coaches. So imagine these huge trade shows where it's a lot of guys with thick necks and no hair, wearing golf shirts, waddling around. And, you know, it's really – so in 2011 – the trade show was all strength training equipment, like strength, power, weights, kettlebells, whatever, sleds, you name it. It was everything that you could lift. Well, last year, when I went to the show last year for the first time in a few years, 
it was the show was maybe 30 or 40 percent recovery. You know, whereas in 2011, maybe 10 percent of the trade show was recovery products. But last year, you know, 30 to 40 percent of the trade show were blood pressure cups, foam rolls. You know, how do you help the athletes recover? Because when you look at the form of when you look at the field of performance training and, and, and conditioning for professional athletes, it's not how hard they train. It really isn't. If you look at Tom Brady's program, it's not. And I'm not. I am not a Brady fan. I am not a New England fan. I'll, I'll just put that out there. Um, but you have to respect that he's doing something right. Is that the recovery is the, the recovery and what you mentioned earlier, Brian, the nutrition is what's keeping him in the NFL at 41 years old. It's, Same with Drew. I mean, Drew Brees is at 39, is rocking it, except for the Dallas game last night. But Drew is rocking it, and but what he's focused on is the recovery, the mobility. Not adding muscle, not jacking themselves up with weight, but Tom and Drew focus on recovery, mobility, what they're doing off the field to allow their body to recover and be ready for the stresses on the field. And I think so we're starting to see that trickle down into the greater fitness area. And so people are starting to understand, oh, I don't need to hammer myself. I can go do a mobility workout today. Wow, I spent 40 minutes just moving, not a lot of stress. I feel awesome. Now tomorrow I know I can come in and really get after it really hard. I think we're seeing that in not just football too. Like we actually did an episode on that, like from uh, Roger Federer and mm-hmm. Kelly Slater, and you know these guys that are just doing Serena Williams. Even I'll use myself, ready? Christine so Conti. People say again um, now that I I present on my own programs, Pete at you know SCW and some of these conferences around the country, and I'm I'm an endurance athlete now. I took up running and some crazy events um, about eight years ago. And people come up and say, Christine, what do you do? You must do some crazy workouts and this and that. What is your what, – what is it? What is the key? And I turn around and I tell them yoga. And they're like, you're lying. That, that's not – there's no way that that's your go-to. And I said, it's yoga. That's what it is. I said, I don't throw around a lot of weights. I said, I have mastered my breathing. I know my body. And – that has been able to keep me flexible and it's active recovery. Do I do some hard workouts? Absolutely. But it is mixing up your workouts, not doing the same things. I'm not getting injured because I'm adding so much of this balance and flexibility. And even though I make fun of myself and say I don't recover a lot, I consider, you know, doing fluid yoga and that's what I present a lot about, you know, injury prevention. Um you know, really keeping your hips open, your mobility, your flexibility, that in and of itself is something people say, oh, well, is that really a workout? Is that, yes, absolutely. That should be a part of your weekly, you know, routine. And when people come to me and say, oh, my, my lower back, my legs, my knees, the first thing I say to them with dripping sarcasm is, oh, how's your yoga going? <laughs> And usually they put their head down in shame because they are not stretching and they're not recovering and they're not drinking enough water and the list goes on. And it's interesting because I think, again, people are starting to see that there's something to it. Well, yoga is one of those things where, you know, for years, for years, I always thought about what to do, just going into a dark room and stretching. And I started doing it maybe about a decade ago, give or take. And it was one of the most humbling things. And I'll go through phases where I'm doing, you know, doing more yoga. Right now, I haven't been, and I'm trying to get back into to finding the hard part. Is I like, to, I, I'm very particular about my instructors. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. 
I really don't like – I like those instructors that just give you a workout. You know, Maybe we can talk about this for a second because when I teach a class, I'm not there to try to change your life with a motivational quote. I'm not there to try to change every, you know, you have these people like, oh, we're here. This is a blessed day. I want you to really be into, get into the Zen. And, you know, some, somebody once said, somebody really obscure once said something really deep and meaningful. And I want you to carry that with you throughout the, no, I'm not there for that. No, I'm there because I want to work out for an hour and just don't give me some. So anyway, I get, so I have to find the right yoga. You know what right. I mean? Where, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, how, how does how do you react when you hear an instructor gets? I understand what they're trying to do, and God bless you for it. But I, I'm not coming. We're in a gym. We're in a commercial gym. We're in a right. class with 30 other people. I'm not here for a metaphysical transformational moment. I'm sorry. I'm just here to get a good workout and go on my way. Have you noticed that same yeah. thing, Pete? Absolutely. Let me tell you this. My mother is a yogi. My mother is a yoga instructor for 35 years, and uh, you know, brought on through some scoliosis and things that she had uh, physically, and. I mean, it kept me away from yoga for a long time because first it was my mom, you know, it wasn't always the coolest thing. And, uh, but it was like, you know, I hear her oozing this yogi wisdom and I was like, I don't want that. I just want, you know, I want to stretch. I want like, you you know, so, and then one day I found yoga, you know, I go into the yoga class and I start doing yoga and I mean, yoga is fantastic. I love it. And, uh, you know, and I went back to my mom and I was like, you know, hey, mom, yoga, like, you know, and she's like, yep, <laughs> like there it is. <laughs> uh, we always say your dad's been so happy all these years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and, um, you know, so it's just one of those things, you know, like where you, you, you know, you have to find what works for you, you know, for, for sure. Um, you know, when I, when people come to the, to the, my gym classes, just like you said, here's what we're going to do for the next hour. We're going to work real hard and then you're going to get out of here and you're going to go, you know, about your day and live your life. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, there's no, there's no Yoda bombs coming, uh, coming out of me when we're teaching. I, I, have, have you noticed that, Christine? Do you think, do you think people come to the gym to get over inspired or do they just want to come to the gym for work, for a workout, right? I think I think you have to find that you have to strike that balance, whoever you are. I mean, I'm more of like, you know, I'll be like, yes, you can. And, you know, I, I really do try and inspire people. For me, though, yoga for me has always been something I do it more for athletics, more for, you know, active recovery. I do it, you know, as an athlete. So it was always more active. We're not going to be lying there on the ground and meditating the whole time. That that's not for me. I I want to make sure that you feel like you have worked. You feel like your muscles are warm. You've got some strength. You've got some stretching. You've got the flexibility, and you've got the breath. Um, will I walk you through maybe lying down a you know guided relaxation at the end? All right, let's take some deep breaths. Relax. You know, let the eyes roll back. You know, again, let's feel the relaxation through your shoulders back. I will take you through that. But I'm not going to give you quotes to change your life. That's just me. Um, yeah. And I think that there is – people actually have said, you know, Christine, I really like your yoga because I feel like I did something, uh, you know, at the end of the class. Other people will say, you know, I want more of a yoga where I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, that's more – you want more meditation. And that's, and that's all good. I mean that, there's different philosophies, right? As trainers, we put, there's three of us on the line right now. We, three mm -hmm. of us are – you know, philosophies may be different. And, you know – and and I think that that's allows us to help the right people, you know, and, and, and some people might not, I know that people don't like my classes, you know, <laughs> like I, I know that at times people don't care for it or, or not even that it's about me. It's maybe they prefer somebody else, you know, just like you said, Pete, you know, there, there, there's something that, that works for them a little bit better. 
So I think that well, that's, you know, in, in its trainer sense, like, just be true to yourself. Do what you do. Well, and on that note, it, it, just, it struck me earlier with something you said, Ryan, sorry to cut in, but I, I think for listeners, I'm going to speak to the fitness professionals that, that might be listening for a second, because one of the things, like just, just the three of us talking, you, you just said it, Brian, is you, you're, probably, you're primarily an endurance athlete, you're, probably, you're primarily a runner, I'm a strength, power, you know, kind of movement-based guy, Christine's the same way, but I think if the three of us worked in a gym together, we worked in the same health club, the cool thing is, I would, you know what I would feel? I'd feel very comfortable that if I were talking to somebody who's really into running, I'd say, you know what, I'm not the running person, go talk to Brian, let me set you up with Brian. Brian is the runner, or if somebody comes to me with with a couple, it's a woman, and she might have a couple of things about straight training or whatever. I'm going to say, go talk to Christine, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think one of the things about being a good fitness professional is having the confidence to know that you're that you're not the right person for a potential client. And I think a lot of trainers try to make that mistake about trying to bring on. Oh, I need clients. I need to make money. I need to train yeah. people, and so they just try to train whomever. But I think one of the best things you can do is understand your strengths. And say, you know what? I'm not a running guy. I could train you for running. It ain't my deal. You're better off, much better off with Brian. And then you might get somebody who wants to lift a uh, crap ton of weight and you send them my way. Mm-hmm. And, and that just is the way I think part of that is you, to hear you say that and to hear the three of us talk. Just, that struck me is we could be colleagues at a gym hanging out at the coffee shop you know, between, between clients kind of having this thing. And I would feel comfortable. And I used to do that with, with buddies um, – quite a bit at the gym. I would, if I were going out of town, they trained my clients. If they went out of town, I'd train their clients. There was never, never any fear of theft. And in fact, when one of my clients went to go work with somebody else, it was mainly because he, he would train her at 530 in the morning and I refused to do anybody. I would refuse <laughs> to see anybody before 630. I'm just not an early morning person. Yeah. She said, I'd really, I'm like, fine, you know, I'm not going to do 530. He's a great person, great trainer. God bless you. Go for it. If the trainers around you aren't a referral source for you, then then you know there, there's you know it is a doggy dog that type of situation. That goes back to networking, though, Brian. But We've it, talked but about just this. like you said, I mean, they can they can be a, an incredible asset to you, you know, just by again doing what you do best and seeing other people and and you know being comfortable with it, knowing your strengths. It's uh, you know it can really work out for you. I like to go back too. We've talked about this that. We're in this, like Pete, Brian, myself, and all the other, you know, fitness professionals out there, we're in this together. We're we're not fighting with each other. We're all going to rise with the tides. The people that we are, I guess the people that are against us are like, I don't know, what, McDonald's? McDonald's, we about? yeah. <laughs> we say, like, I, like, we're all in this together. Like, we, McDonald's is the bad guy, <laughs> you know, and, and Wendy's and all that stuff. Well, we're, I'd even put Netflix and Amazon Prime sure. because, you know, people, that can just get people stuck on the couch. Yes. iPhone. All that, yeah, all just that, anything, all, that, all that anything that's going to occupy the time in a way that, that's not healthy, uh, you know, is, 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 really, is really the way. So, Pete, no, let me, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you this because I was going to ask you this, Christine, because because I know we travel quite a bit, and I mm-hmm. think we'll be seeing each other in a few days. Yeah. What's your What do you do when you travel? Like, what are your kind of for both of you? I don't know if you travel much, Brian, but how do you guys approach? I think some listeners probably travel a little bit. They might travel for work, and they might enjoy traveling. But what are some of your your strategies for when you go on a trip? Like, how do you plan ahead so you know you're not going to miss workouts? Or so let me let me change that so you know that at least you you'll have the opportunity to work out or move if you go on a trip. Okay, what's hysterical is that most of the time when I do travel, it's because either I'm going to run a race of some sort <laughs> or I am presenting at a fitness conference or you know, speaking event that involves fitness and I know I mean this is again um or a fitness vacation where I'm teaching somewhere. So 
I know what I love to do, so I plan my trips around that. However, with that said, you're visiting family. You have a work trip for something not related to movement. I think it's important to think about, I mean, I'll get to a city and I'll say, all right, I have, I either have to get up early and find a local Y or, or the hotel gym, or Brian does this too. We literally the night before we're going somewhere, we'll map out the best, you know, I've been in Atlanta. Like what are the best running trails before I have to get on my plane in the, you know, get up in the morning and I run the cities. I've run probably every major city in the country and that's my sightseeing tour as you know, as much as people may disagree or go out and walk it, you know, is it safe? I'm like, I don't know. I'll just, I'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll see. But that's one of the things that I love to do is carve out some time. Is it a lunchtime? Can you take your, you know, can you take your call, you know, outside and walk for a little bit? Um, can you swim in the, in the hotel, gym, um, pool? That's one of the kind of hacks that I have. And I also pack some food with me. I always do. For sure. Um, because you never know what is going to be available. Um, I refuse to spend $8,000 in the airport all the time for a water. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, I pack my own empty water bottles and fill them up. Um, nice little hack. But that's really something I do. I plan ahead and say, this is meaningful to me. I know if I don't work out, I become a monster. If I don't work out and I don't eat, it's not good. I need well, to I be locked just up. Move. I think it's not, not, and that's again where we got to kind of, you know, maybe think about, you know, how we say certain things. But I think it's just movement. I think for those of us that move and like to move, if you don't move a certain amount throughout the day, you get kind of grumpy, right? And that's definitely it when you fly. I know flying is stressful anyway, but if you're in a tin can and not moving the way you normally do, you, your your attitude kind of changes. But those are all those are all the, the right, you know, kind of the right way to do. And, and for listeners, you know, we're, when Christine and I travel, it's to fitness events where you're around people sweating all day, but you still need to, you know, kind of fit it in. And I'm one of these guys. I will always go on the hotel. I'll pick hotels because they have workout rooms, or I'll pick hotels because they have access to a fitness facility. You know, and it, that way I at least know that there's that option. And again, knowing what we know, I can work out almost anywhere with about you know seven eight square feet of space yeah you don't do you have much. any i mean when you travel brian do you do you have any hacks or anything that you do yeah i mean i i think that engaged? yeah i think that i mean like i said or christine said it's very easy for me i'm a runner i can head out the door i mean with if i'm traveling with family um i have to get out early i know that's for sure and that's nothing different than anything i mean i'm an early morning riser and i get everything done before the household wakes up but that's that's status quo um the other thing that i Try and 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 I, when I work with people, whether it's through training or health coaching or whatever, and they're going on on vacation, you know the potential for you to not get it in is very good, right? So what are you going to do when you when when it doesn't when you when you don't get the workout in, right? Nothing's guaranteed, you know, flight delay, whatever, like anything, you, you know, the room's not ready for you, anything like that can happen. So what are you going to do if you can't get it in, right? Is it the worst? Like, like, are, are you gonna die? The world's gonna end. Right? Is the world gonna end? Like, how do you handle things when it doesn't go your way? It's like a common, you know, kind of health coaching um, angle that that we look at. So, also having that understanding with my family, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, it, it can go crazy at any moment, and I could, you know, that that time is that will be cut into is most certainly mine. So, you know, what? Are you, how are you gonna handle it? Um, you know, same but same thing. You know, hotel, gym. Small space. I'm good to go. I don't need much. I mean, I I could fit my you know on one of those small little 
square mats that in the corner and we're done even in the hotel room itself you know there's uh you know push-ups squats and burpees can uh, will go a long way you know the person underneath me might not like it very much uh it, but you know it could be done anywhere pretty much pete how do you feel about um following along online because i know i offer some online um subscriptions for like yoga and some other things um do you find that works or i know you know you do some things too as well what how do you feel about that well, I'll be branching out more into that this year. The stuff I've done have, has been for the American Council on Exercise. I think online to, to to work with online training and get programs from online, it all it just all depends on what you want to pay and what you want to get out of it. The one thing I found that that I always worked well with the best clients I always worked with are that I always work with are those people that they like to exercise. They just want to know what they need to do. They don't need motivation. They don't need me there. Get on your face. Uh, they don't need that. They they just like. They're in the gym three, four days a week anyway. They just want to know what to do when they get there. And so if you're that type of person where I was like, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable. I move pretty well. I just want to, I want to have new ideas. I want to have new programs. Then I think online training is absolutely perfect because if you move well, if you don't have an injury history, if, you, you know, if, if you're motivated to get to the gym most days of the week and you're really consistent about it, then all, all the online training is going to do is give you different ideas or a different structure to follow. I know, and I can't tell you how many trainers I know that follow programs written by other trainers, you know, for their own workouts. I was just speaking with a buddy the other day. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this new program a buddy of mine put out. He's like, I got bored doing my own, so I'm just following his. So I think online training is one of those things of where you know yourself and you don't need somebody there over your shoulder. It's perfect. You, you know, spend five bucks a month, 30 bucks a month for the different ideas. I think it's awesome. Where I think it's – where I just don't think it's it's the best resource is for that person that's new or that person that maybe you mentioned corrective exercise, maybe who's had an injury history, or that person who maybe has a few issues, health concerns, you need somebody one-on-one with you there, at least for the initial few months. Not, like not, you could train somebody, Christine or Brian, three to six months one-on-one and say, you know what? You are now in this adherence phase. Instead of charging 80 bucks, 90 bucks an hour, I'm going to shift you over to my monthly program. You can do it online. It's going to cost you 20 bucks a month. I think that type of model is is brilliant because you're creating a much wider network of people you're helping. As it is right now, Pete, where where do you think the numbers are of people that do subscribe to to online things? I you know, do you think it is the person that you described first that that is just you know doesn't need much and and can just get to work and doesn't have the history of injuries and all that, or do you feel like a majority of it is uh, the person who is um, you know possibly not comfortable doing it in public or doing it one on one with another person and just wants to kind of um, do it in their own home? Well, that's where that's a great question. Um, I think a lot because you're right. I think there's a lot of online training that that is appealing to people who might feel a little embarrassed or might feel a little bit self conscious walking into a fitness facility. So it's better, you know. You you see, there's a, I've been following. Uh, I don't know if you you follow Diamond Dallas Page. Of course, but he mm-hmm. he was a wrestler back you know when we were kids. He's from he's 80s. from right here. He's from he's from Neptune, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, like oh, okay. like like I could and I, think, hit a rock. I think he's living down. I think he's in Atlanta now. I right. think his studio's yes. down in yep. Atlanta. Um, but he's done this brilliant thing the last 10 to 15 years is he has this whole Diamond Dallas Page yoga program for guys our age, for men in their, their late 30s to beyond. And he to see some of the transformation that have come through from people who started, he does a thing for yoga, for, for people bedridden, for people like 300 pounds plus who can't, 400 pounds plus who can't get out of bed easily. He has an in-bed yoga program as a starting program. So it's, I think it's amazing. when you look at that type of stuff, when you look at 
a program that is designed to get people comfortable with moving first, I think that type of online program, because you're right, some people just get intimidated going to the fitness center. And I think those programs we're starting to see more. But if you ask me, I'd probably see a majority of people buying online, a strong majority of those people who are motivated and just want to know what to do. These are probably – the sad truth is these are probably also the people who are – you know, last, you know, until the last two or three years were also the people buying the commercial fitness magazines. But now the commercial fitness magazines right. aren't – who was it? One of them just recently folded, Self or Shape. One of those two recently just went to online only just because they weren't getting the sales. So I think you're seeing this cannibalization of people that were buying like fitness magazines and now they're getting online fitness subscriptions instead from their favorite, you know, whether it's from Instagram or online celebrity. But I'd probably say a majority, strong majority of people doing online training are fit and just want to know what to do. And you're right, probably 20, 20, maybe 25 percent of people are those people who might be embarrassed to walk into a facility. So they just want something to do from the comfort of their own home. All right, that's so, in, that's interesting because I I just like an online thing for for myself and 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 you know I just it's never anything that I ever considered, I I don't know you know I, and and um that's just me. See, I, I I was never a magazine reader though either. But the thing is, everything to this day, and I'll see what you guys think. I think anything that goes out must be able to be accessed by your phone. Yes. Gone are the days of the DVDs, of the VA, obviously the VHS, but <laughs> gone are the days where you have another device. Everything has to be either an app or downloaded on your phone and a, you know, a website or, you know, I've got like private websites when they sign up for things. People like that anonymity, just like, you know, people like that voyeuristic aspect of going to Instagram or Facebook where they can just watch and, and see and, um, I have to say, Pete, I, you need to step in, actually, which is really funny because I have a facial exercise program. Please make sure that you pop in on that because it's freaking hysterical. And it's funny. And you could sit in a chair, but it gets people, you know, you know you've got muscles in your body, muscles in your face. But it gets people out of their comfort zone and doing something. And you work on a little breathing, corrective, you know, postures as well. Just the way you hold yourself. But something like that, people want online. They want to be able to not be in front of people when they do it. And there's a, there's something to that. Whereas, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym. Um, I don't, I don't want to be around strangers while I'm making weird faces or bending over or, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable enough in my own skin to do that for whatever reason. And it's usually them, their own insecurities. But, um, I, I, I don't see that, that we're go we're getting away from that. I think we're moving towards it even more well do you think i mean how intimidating is it for people to walk into a gym i mean because i think in my experience a lot of people don't come into the gym because it brings up memories of like sixth grade kickball <laughs> yeah or, you know yeah, of you know middle school pe right. but just overall how intimidating is the overall fitness facility do you think for the average individual i i think that that like, for, I get intimidated sometimes. It, it can it can be, but I almost think that that is not a question for us on the line to to answer. I mean, for us, it's easy. I mean, we go there all the time. It's like you know, we're always there. No, but if I go to a new gym, I'm intimidated. I go into okay. a new class, I go to the back of the room. Okay, always. And for somebody who's not quite sure and and is just feeling their way back into you know the possibility of feeling good again, uh, you know it can be very intimidating. I'm, I know it, you know, and I, and I even offer I, the the worst of the worst of the men, and and you know that that machismo and the, and you know that that mask of masculinity gets in the way of good health a lot. 
so I give them their own class. I say, get your buddies together. I'll, you know, come and see me, and we'll do it. You know, we'll, we'll crank tunes and 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 you know, tell dick jokes if we have to or whatever it is. But like, you know what I mean? Like, give them a comfortable space to 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 do what they have to do in order to be healthy. And I, and I think that's just it, is give people make people comfortable and give them the space to do it and and make it happen. Now I'm interested in this because you sound where because you, you guys are based in where New Jersey? Yeah, Jersey Shore, yeah, we're like Manasquan, New Jersey. We're like Jersey. an hour south of New York City. Well, and what's the fitness culture like there? Because I think it's so interesting how there's you know different. Every region has a slightly different fitness culture. What's the fitness culture like uh, along the Jersey Shore? You want me to take that one? <laughs> I, 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 you know, um, I think that like everything in the last. You know, ten years. It's been uh, you know tribalistic CrossFits popped up everywhere. We're starting to get more boutique around here. Yeah, definitely more boutique mm-hmm. now. Um, the larger chain. See, it's like it's 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 populated here, but it's not like city populated. You know, it's suburbs. It's not really urban. So, um, you know, the larger chains of gyms aren't really here. Um, you know, they're mostly like large scale privately owned gyms. So it's like a big health club that's been around for 30 years and, you know, has the indoor pools and tennis and all sorts of stuff. There's a couple of those. Um, but for the most part, you know, people are, are pretty, people are active for sure. I would say that. I mean, my connection with the running community is, is a very positive one. There's a lot of people that, that you know, are, are, are pretty active as far as that goes. In the summer months, you've got, you know, the people at the beach, the surfers, the swimmers, the, yeah, you know, people active... ride their bikes, definitely, but not not San Diego active, put it that way. Um, I think Those cold months send people indoors. I think you do have that, you know, you have people who just pay the $10 a month to, you know, a lot of gyms and they don't go. Um, they don't really know what to do either um there are you know you've got your group fitness classes in pockets of different gyms and you know you're getting your again you're getting your boutique you know franchise and chains starting to come i would up. say that's more popular than anything here now um, small sing, you know privately owned gyms um maybe one or two locations at mm-hmm. most you know like just a couple that branch out and um you, you know and keep everything in house you know everything's done their way how about how about by you and how about nationally what are you seeing well, and I, the reason why I asked that, and I guess one of, the, one of the things I was looking for is to hear like how in Jersey, Jersey seems to be one of these areas where a lot of people exercise primarily for appearance is, you know, they, they, they work out, everybody wants to look good. You know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of ev- energy, a lot of emphasis on how people look in a lot of places. Um, I would put the same as Miami. Like when you look at it, like I'd put Jersey Shore, Miami, um, any, uh, anywhere from Los Angeles all the way down south of Mexico. So Los Angeles, Orange County, um, San Diego, even Dallas, Texas, those markets are very appearance driven, mm-hmm. uh-huh. meaning people will exercise. Th- their first reason for thinking of exercise is I want to look better. Whereas when you look at like when I was, I was a trainer in downtown Washington, D.C., I you know worked in Boston for a couple of years. I've been out here um, on the West Coast. But you look in D.C., you look in uh, Boston you look in certain parts of Manhattan, you know, like kind of the Upper West Side, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco. In those markets, people understand the health benefits of exercise. And while people are concerned about appearance, they're much more concerned about the overall health benefits of exercise. Of uh, I want to exercise because it helps me feel better. It improves my health. I feel like I'm managing, you know, certain aspects of my life. That's where I, I noticed the big differences is just in that overall kind of approach that mindset. Is, I would say education you know, like, and money, though, is also a key factor in the places that you just mentioned. 
Mm, yeah. And how, how, what do you mean by that? You're right. I mean, yeah. Because oh, absolutely. When, number one, we're around the beach. Any, any city or any area that's around a beach community where, you know, you're thinking bathing suits, things like that, it's always going to be much more superficial. But again, if you look at, actually, if you look at the demographics of a Boston, uh, like in a city, I'm talking in the city in Boston, in the city, Upper West Side in New York, in, you know, DC in that area, um, even San Francisco, I don't know what else you mentioned. I forgot, but, um, all of those areas, if you take a look at the, the, yeah, the, the median income and also their education levels, you're going to also see the, the core correlation there. And I think you're right. I think that's a big that's a big piece of it is the fact that people are realizing, hey, that exercise, you know, yeah, it'll help me feel better, but it overall will add to my quality of life. What's your what's your thought? Any any other insights? I, yeah, I mean, the thing that came to mind when you mentioned those cities was holistic. Um, you know, a city like San Francisco, and and, and definitely, you know, uh, DC's got you know has a lot of culture um, to it. Um, you know, you think of it in the terms of politics, um, which is you know as vapid as it comes sometimes but you know there's 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 definitely some uh, some culture to it um you, you know i just think that people are looking taking a more holistic approach definitely boston you know it's a sophisticated city um you know in some parts and it's it's down and dirty you know i guess in, in other parts um you know culturally like here's it's new jersey is a, is a is a crazy place because northern new jersey is very very, very well but it's also very body focus driven that's where you see the that's where you see the big knuckleheads and they well, come that's where the the, they, the housewives live and the guidos and, and all that stuff and then they come no offense to anybody uh, i'm jersey short born and raised uh they that they come down and see us in in the summertime you know so that might be some of the impression in the television shows and the housewives and all that stuff that christine mentioned so you, you know and i think that I do see a more of a holistic approach to things here, maybe more so than you know further up the parkway or closer to New York City um, that that you would that you would get there, and it's just you know about about just more of you know eating well and better restaurants around and you know just just like some sophistication to it more so than just you know grunting and groaning and 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 gains and you know bulk and all that stuff. You know, to get the swole on. That's that's one thing uh, I'll ask my daughters. My daughters are four and six. When we go to the gym, like, where are we going? Like, oh, we're going to the gym. Like, what are we gonna do? Daddy's gonna get his swole on. Swole. You know, <laughs> tell her that daddy's gonna get the swole. But I mean, what I try to do, you know, from a from a realistic standpoint, is I spend a lot of time with my daughters, telling them that the reason why we exercise is to be healthy. Is mm-hmm. I tell them that I want to exercise to be healthy, so I can play with them as they get bigger, and so I can always be and be involved and do things with them. And that, you know, at least I'm trying to, to, to break, you know, to bring that message and break the cycle that exercises for parents. Because the last thing I want to do with, you know, two young girls in the house is be talking about Absolutely. exercise and weight loss and yada, yada, yada. You know, I don't, I try not to, at the best I can, not to, to mention those words. Oh, that is, I'm like, that is exactly what you should be doing, Pete. Seriously, I think everyone should hear that and, and shout it from the mountaintops because everyone, you know, it's, you get caught up in that. What do I look like? Oh, I gained a couple pounds here and there. And all of us right now are in the fitness industry. It is our job to set back, you know, when people say to us, I want to get rid of this, or how do I do this? And I tell them, I don't have a magic wand. If I did, I would happily give it to you. But it's not about that one little thing. That one little thing is probably your mental, you know, whatever you're going through in your head or you're holding on to for some reason, but whatever it is you're holding on to, we cannot, you know, deflect it and put it on somebody else like our kids. And it's that next generation of, Hey, you know what? 
It's not about, you know, destroying your body in the gym. It's, yeah, you got to take your body out for a joy ride sometimes, but how can we protect it, right? How How is it that we celebrate our health and that food is fuel and not a reward or a punishment? Exercise, the same thing. It's not a punishment to go out and exercise. It's movement. Your body wants to move. And if we can get our kids in this next generation to start even the millennials, hell, I'll say it, get the millennials to see this, then I think we're, we're doing the right thing and, and we're uh, spreading the right messages at the end of the day. And, and so I think we're getting ready to, to – I'm looking at the time here and then seeing we probably got to be getting ready to rock and roll. What do you, how do you guys – when you guys bring people on, have you guests on your show, what, is your, what are you really trying to accomplish? I mean, well, that's kind of an interesting question. But what do you – when you have a guest on, is there a place that you're trying to go in terms of the conversation, in terms of the, the, what you want to ask? Or do you just kind of let it flow and just and see what happens? We, we let it flow. I mean, I think that they come on usually for a reason, whether it's to promote, promote something or just, you know, a to, book, to, to a have, fitness yeah, program, or, equipment or, or just, yeah, just to, you know, to kind of come on and, and promote themselves even. And I think that what we always get out of this, and this is what my favorite part of the show is that we always get the story instead. Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 they come on for one reason and then we get the real reason, which is their story, their background or whatever the it is, the shine and, and, and whatever that they really are you know, take fitness out of the equation. Like that's what they are as humans. And that's what we, that's what we kind of get out of them. Um, you know, and, and for, for a person like you, we love that as well, but we also want to know like what's going on out there, like what's in the industry. And, you know, so it's, it's twofold, you know, it depends on the guest, I guess. Um, but you know, we really wanted to know, you know, what, what's, what's happening with, with these people and, and hearing, the real story. I mean, we've had people come on here to promote, like uh, Sherry Pom Poms, right? <gasps> Sherry Shamrock came there to for, promote her Pound Poms, which is this, you know, I don't know if you've seen that, Pete. She made uh, Pom Poms that are weighted, and she's got a whole exercise program to it. Definitely not my wheelhouse. And they're patented now. They're patented, and she's got a really cool exercise program and all that stuff. And then she came in, in here, and we were all in tears because she told her actual story and her, her life and things like that happened to her along the way. And it was like, that's a great show right there. Um, so... You know, what do we look for? Um, quality and, you know, people that uh, are no, not people a lot of dead air. Inspire <laughs> the world. Pete, like, Pete, just like you said, you know, are you out there? How is it? How did you get into this? And you're someone who wants to bring quality, more quality of life to people. And that is our goal that, you know, we, we, we found that there was a need in this world, in the fitness market that people needed to tell their stories and get unbiased information about nutrition and health and, and just how to get moving, how to become more healthy and live longer without all of the noise. And I think that's the most important thing. If you could sit back and take something from every episode that may say, maybe I'll try that, or maybe I don't like this, that I think that's the key. That's that's pretty. You're right because a lot of times I try to go with. I want to have people on that are going to talk about fitness from a different point, not a different point of view, but from a more in depth point of view to help people understand, you know, kind of what is going on when they're doing certain exercises to try to 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 give them understanding of, of why and how. And the funny thing that I've found, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but the funny thing that I found is the people that know the most, and I'm talking about people with. PhDs, people that have researched, spent years in a lab researching, 
you know, Stuart McGill, I've, I've interviewed Stuart McGill, who's written a couple books on back health and very nice guy, very approachable, but he will not give you a definitive answer. He will not I say yes or no, or do this or do that because he doesn't know. He has to watch somebody move. He has to perform an evaluation. He has to understand a lot more about you before you can say, well, this might be a cause of your problem. You know, he can say, well, you know, we might know this or, you know, Brad Schoenfeld will do the same thing. You know, he has a PhD in understanding muscle physiology. <laughs> These guys, well, the more people know, the less definitive they are in their answer. Yet I've seen in the gym where somebody who may or may not be certified or maybe just got certified last year as a trainer is like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. This is what you need to do. Isn't you got to do this. We'd had... And that to me is hilarious. Have you guys noticed the same thing? Two, epi- right. two episodes ago. Right, please uh, please two... fill in heat on this one. <laughs> two episodes ago, our, our my rant was to you know avoid the self-proclaimed guru. You know, the, these these internet gurus. And one of the things that, that the internet and the social like, media and all these Like, who are you things... and why are you telling everyone to do this <laughs> stuff? Like, wh- what is happening? <laughs> like, okay, dude, you've got it all figured out? Like, oh, okay. Like, you know, here I am, you know chopping wood every damn day trying to figure you know not figure it out just getting along and and uh oh you 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 know the self-proclaimed guru is one of the biggest downfalls of social media uh in my eyes and again you know you see it in the gym as well uh you know i love that you just said that the experts are the like the ones that will say i'm not quite sure or i don't know or i need to see it or you know give show me the example and i'll give you you know feedback based on that example not you must do this. This is how it is. If you don't do this, you're wrong. Yeah, that to me, it's always, I find that so hilarious. It really is. And I make a point sometimes that I'll, I'll pause the interview and say, I want people to listen that he is not or this expert is not giving us a definitive answer. You know, So they're giving you an estimate or a guess nice. based on the information that they know. And so when it comes to people listening to fitness advice, whether it's from what I mean, even from our podcast, is you have to be able to, to identify What's going to work for you and, and what really what is realistic for your lifestyle? Because you started earlier. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Brian. It's all about establishing habits. If you establish the habits, if you change certain behaviors, then you're moving towards a healthier scale. And exercise is not just about how you look. It's about managing your quality of life and managing your, your health, especially as we get older. Without a doubt. I mean, we can exercise in very unhealthy ways, you know, if that's, it, it, it can be done that way too. It's, um, you know, I, and I, and I think that the, the problem with that, not the problem, but what I see is all people really want to know is tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. Tell me what to eat. Tell me, like, I just want you to tell me, you know, what to do. And, 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 to, you know, I guess that those people do cater to that type of person, which, you know, I, I would say I, I can't, it doesn't work that way and I can't work that way and I don't know how to work that way. You know, let's get in here. Let's start, you know, peeling the onion a little bit and we're going to figure this out. Um, I, I always say my favorite answer and it's like, you know, Spicoli, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, Brian, what should I do here? I don't know, but let's find out. Like, let's work together. We'll find out and we'll make it work and make, we'll make sure whatever it is is something that you could use. You know, it's not just, okay, you know, let me go to the playbook, page 65 here. Oh, we're in this situation. Here's what you have to do. And if you don't do that, you're wrong. Playbook. 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 (laughs) There's no playbook. So, Pete, do us a favor, if you could, for our listeners anyway. We're we're obviously going to do this uh, Switch podcast. 
and we'll put all of your information is going to go up on our social media platforms and, and websites and all that fun stuff. But will you just go ahead for our listeners and tell them where they could find your podcast and download and, and, uh, you know, and like that and subscribe and also your website. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I, first of all, I, a lot of the stuff I write and a lot of stuff, I'm just going to move around here. A lot of stuff I do is with the American Council on Exercise. So <clears throat> if, if your listeners want to kind of learn a little bit more about exercise, I would uh, definitely recommend going to the ACE Fitness, acefitness.org website. And I do a lot of writing for them. You can search for my name, Pete McCall, but there's a great healthy living blog that just has a bunch of great writers on there kind of putting up what tips that we've been talking about. Uh, personally, I, I also share some of the information on my personal website, Pete McCall Fitness. That's Pete M-C-C-A-L-L fitness.com. And then my Instagram, I try to put up a lot of, and you've seen some of that, I think. <laughs> I try to have some fun with Instagram, but to also try to show some like how-tos of how a uh, stocky, husky, 40-something guy, how you can move, what, what movement is possible. But Instagram is Pete McCall underscore fitness, Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And then All About Fitness can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, um, YouTube. You can go to YouTube and the audios are uploaded to YouTube. Uh, so All About Fitness on all the major podcasting channels. And guys, I really appreciate the, the opportunity to hang out and have a cool conversation for a while. It's been fantastic. We could, do this for, we could do this for hours. I have to say real quick before you get out of here, some of my favorite interactions are the ones between you and our past guest, Abby Apple, on, uh, <laughs> on, on the Instagram. You guys go back and forth quite a bit. Uh, don't go out getting any tights like Abby, uh, likes to wear Pete, but, uh, you know, we, we appreciate yeah. that. It's good stuff. No, v- viewers don't want that. I, I don't want to, I, I wore, one day I did the video of uh, making her wearing my recovery tights, but, um, no, I actually <laughs> did something to my back, uh, two or three weeks ago. So I haven't been able to, okay. to do much the last few weeks. I'm letting it, letting it rest and heal. And so I haven't thrown up any videos, but I got about another two week, another one or two weeks on IR <laughs> and then I'll be back at it with, with Abby, but she is awesome. And actually, yeah, I, I'm like. Yeah, we're getting ready to go to another event. She's one of my she's one of my road traveling buddies. She's one of the people I always hang out when we're on the road. We had a blast with her on the show. It was a great episode, and she's tons of fun. I, I, it's it's just good to see you guys getting along like that. And I'm always available to hang out, Pete. So <laughs> waiting for the invite. Are. I'll are see you, you next week. This coming week. I will. I will. And then, how can people? How can my listeners? For you know, listeners of all about fitness, tune in and go. These guys are a lot of fun. I want a little bit more of two fit crazies in a microphone. Where your uh, where you guys hang out the most? Hey Pete, everyone wants a little bit more to fit crazies in a microphone. <laughs> Christine's wearing a shirt right now that says "Google me." It does not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> if uh, for all of your listeners out there, we are. It's www.twofitcrazies.com is the website. Obviously, all of our podcasts are up there, but you could find us iTunes, Spotify. Um, and uh, Instagram, anywhere, Two anywhere. Fit Crazies. Yep, Twitter, twofitcrazies.com. Yeah. You know, just. Look us up. You will see a big, huge picture of Brian and I as cartoons, as our logo, and it says Two Fit Crazies and a microphone on there. And, uh, you know, it, it's where it's at. It's a good time. So I'm excited for your listeners to be a part of this. I'm excited for our listeners to check you out. And uh, that's it, Pete. Thank you so much for coming it's been on a blast, and hanging man. out. Thank you. Certainly. The last thing I'm going to say, and this is going to be totally promotion, is uh, my book, Smarter Workouts, is coming out in January. Um, and that, and what I did with that is, uh, for listeners, um, I took my, I've been teaching personal trainers for years. And so smarter workouts is through human kinetics and that teaches you the basic science of exercise and how to do your own workouts. So it really teaches you what you need to know to get a great workout using only one piece of fitness equipment. So there's my plug. That'll be coming out, uh, in the very, 
uh, in uh, early January will be his release date. That's awesome. I can't wait to get it, Pete. Congratulations. Awesome. And I'll back you up. And I'll back you up. The uh, acefitness.org articles are fantastic. Uh, no, they're they're really good. It's a, it's a really good spot for anyone listening and wants to get some good information for sure. I'm on there quite a bit. Love it. Cool. Well, thank you. Well, guys, thank you very much for your time and thanks for your patience. And, and for the last thing for listeners, I dropped the ball. We we're supposed to do this a few weeks ago and I completely uh, dropped the ball. So, guys, thank you very much for um, being amenable with the scheduling. And I apologize about that mistake uh, from a few weeks ago. Oh, all good, Pete. All good. Happy to happy to connect. What are you super busy or something? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Oh my well, god, we appreciate we, that, guys. We appreciate it. All right. So with that said, my name is Christine Conti, and I'm Brian Prendergast, and we are two fit crazies and a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.